Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, see it all together if you with me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, it's uh, New Year's Eve Eve as we record this. Yes. We're yes. fast approaching a brand new year. And uh, are you doing New Year, New Me? No. <laughs> Fuck no, dude. Yeah, I, I was like, I... no, there's nothing wrong with me. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> I am 45. I am set in my ways except for micro, micro movements. Um, uh, you know, other than that, you know, uh, oh, you know what? We could, we could spend a little bit of time talking about the, the Zack Snyder of it all, because I did push myself through that, 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 that's whatever right. you, you want to watch. did watch Rebel Moon. Yes. So you watch the new, uh, Snyderverse being birthed and I watch <laughs> the old Snyderverse. It's dying. It's like gasping its last breath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which okay. So why don't we talk about Aquaman, Aquaman and the Last <clears throat> Kingdom first? Because I'm very curious. Because it is like you said, it was the ending of it. Um, this fucking thing has been in the can or supposedly in the can for two years. Um, so much so that James Wan has like retreated from warner brothers where he was one of their golden one of their golden gooses moved away from them and moved over to universal where he's going to like where he seems to be very happily producing these small little like monster movies and getting ready from what i've heard there's a rumor that he's getting to like they're going to announce something very big that he's going to be doing but they just haven't announced it yet they're waiting for just got announced was I'm it remembering that? I, maybe let's uh let's go ahead and take the interweb time machine and figure it out. Um, I know that like so like the thing was was that I know that the big thing was was the merger right between him and Blumhouse. Um, that was the huge thing. Um, I don't I don't know if there is something new that's out there. I'm gonna actually check right now. Uh, uh it's it's. I, I thought it was like a video game thing. Maybe I'm wrong. No, that's that. Okay, so you're thinking of Jordan Peele with um, uh, Kojima, the guy who made Metal Gear Solid. They announced they were co uh, they were co creating a video game. Okay, uh, that that's that was them uh, because Monkey Paw and Kojima Productions uh, are working together to create this like um another like you know kojima like video game which is heavy on heavy on graphics very extremely difficult uh to actually do um it was actually it's yeah so anywho um yeah no 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 uh that just got announced too uh let me see here i'm trying to look at let's see here let's see well while you look that up yeah. so I, I'm really, really interested. I know we'll never know. Mm-hmm. At what point James Wan was just like, oh, this is never going to be what I want it to be. 
I'm kind of just done. Like, y'all just do whatever hmm. you want. Action. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Like, it's that, it's, it's that messy. It's that messy of a movie. Like, like, that's, I almost wonder, okay, so like, so question for you. Um, like, the thing that I'm very interested in is, like, does it feel like, does it feel like a cohesive movie? I mean, they had, they literally had, like, this movie was in production, like, was still, like, like finished production after, after he released Malignant. It was still, like, that movie was released in 2021. He made that movie, like, after he made Aquaman 2. It was, like, the thing that he was doing before, like, when it got into pre post-production and then all of the stupidity started happening with Amber Heard, like, okay. So like the main question I have is, does it feel like Amber Heard's like character was diminished in a way that, okay. Okay. So that whole talk of, Oh no, it was organically a part of the script that she wasn't, this was about a about brothers. It's just a bunch of bullshit. Um, Uh, Yeah. There, there are very early parts of the movie where it's clear mm -hmm. that like, Oh, she was here, and because am I am I misremembering that there were reshoots, like fairly recently, like within the last yeah. year? Oh yeah, no, no, like within the last six months, there's been reshoots. A hundred percent. It's the first like twenty minutes of the movie. I see. So okay, so spoilers because I don't give a shit. Okay, let me guess. Like like. Amber Heard dies, like her character dies in the movie, like by no, the hands of Black Magic. You would think that that's what they were gonna do, but here's the problem. Okay, she's so integral to the final parts of the movie, and it would have uh-huh. been so costly to reshoot all of it because it's all wow. like effects heavy stuff. Uh-huh. They could not reshoot that. Instead, they just reshoot the beginning of the movie, which is basically. Uh, Aquaman, like, this is my new life. I'm a father and a son, and, uh, you know, I got a job, like, ruling the kingdom, and, like, you don't really see her. And it's just like, where the fuck is this kid's mom? Like, what is going on? And then, like, when you get into the, like, the CGI effects heavy Uh stuff, and she has to be there, she's there. Because they could not like uh, remove her without it being either nonsensical to the plot because people are talking to her mm-hmm. or reshooting almost the entire movie. Um, there is a part in the movie where she gets uh, blasted with this like Ray thing. And I'm like, Oh, this is where they completely excise her out. And no, it's not. Um, but uh, it is really, really funny to think they went to all the trouble to remove her from any part of the movie that they could, that was not going to be too costly when it doesn't make a lot of sense because she becomes so integral to the fight. Like she literally saves the day. Like she's the, she's kind of the hero of the story. And (laughs) <laughs> like so it didn't make a lot of sense to just take her out of the beginning of the movie. <laughs> wow. Because you couldn't like, take her out of the end. Like why reshoot any of it? 
that's ridiculous. Like, like I, I, I mean, like I'm, I'm a little speechless to to think that. Okay, so like, how can okay, so like, like my favorite part about this all is is that so you keep her in the first half, but she's not really there. She's just a shadow figure, and then in the the end, because she's so part of the CGI, you couldn't you couldn't get rid of her. But it's like, wow, like that's some crazy shit. Logan, like that's some like that's some like okay, so like this that's is what makes it feel vindictive. Like that's yeah. like I, and I'm not I'm not gonna get into the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp argument. I'm not yeah. gonna no, no, no. I, I think they're both I think I think I'm staying firm on they're both assholes. Um Yeah. You have but, said that before, so yeah. Uh that's where I'm just like, gosh, she kinda has a point. Cause this definitely feels like and if you were able to cut her out of the movie altogether, then mm-hmm. like, like I'm sure if Marvel could go back and remove Jonathan Majors out of Quantum Mania and have it make sense, it'd be like, yes, we were gonna do that, but they couldn't. So well, even even Loki season two, yeah, like, there's no way to take him out of there. That, that's a better comparison. For y- sure. Yeah, that like okay, so like that makes because by okay, then so it's that... just like oh fuck, <laughs> like what's gonna but, happen. But but the whole thing is is like it's it like so like this is the whole Zaz of it all like to me at least like it feels like this is David Zaslav just like ordering dictums that he has no fucking idea about um like you know James Gunn being handed something that this was probably his first test of like what the fuck I mean because if you think about it like this year Blue Beetle like. There was nothing wrong with Blue Beetle. Like there was like like I mean there I, I was of all the shit that, that that came out of DC, Blue Beetle is easily the the shining. Like it's not shit. It's fun. Yeah. It's funny. It's you know it's not Iron Man, but it's it's no. a very competent, well made, funny, fun movie, and it just didn't get what it 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 deserved a lot better. <laughs> Absolutely. Like if they had put the money that they they put towards Aquaman and also um, a Shazam, like even Shazam, like those two movies, like like it's weird because it's like when I watched Shazam, it wasn't bad. No, but it was you defi- fun. It wasn't. It was great. fun. It wasn't as good as the no. first one, but it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as. Uh... Uh, people say uh, pe- the reputation and the people yeah. the critics had had said it was. Um, it was like I think no, it was no, no. better than Quantum Mania. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was because at least it was filmed on sets. Like, and that's a thing that's really started. Like 2023 bingo card for me. One of the bigger things was get the fuck out of the volume. Seriously, yeah. get the fuck out of the volume. It works on TV. It does not work in film. No, it doesn't even work on TV if you have like a, a projector. Like, if you have a projector or, like, I have a friend that has a 4K, really nice setup, and we watched some of, um, so, like, he bought the 4K of The Mandalorian, and he wanted to just show me, like, and I already knew this, and we've had this discussion before, but it was never apparent as it was, because he was like, dude, I think that they, he's like, I'm fairly certain either 
the stream that Disney does is so pulled back, it's not even DVD quality, it's not even Blu-ray quality, or they up everything and spent a pretty fortune uh, for this 4K release to ha- to satisfy both Favreau and, and Filoni. I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, watch. And we did a side-by-side comparison. Like, he had... He had it set up so that we ran the first um, the first episode of of what you call it on streaming uh, of the Mandalorian on streaming and then on the 4K that he bought. Right. The 4K it's and he has like a 150 inch screen. Right. It's massive. Like it goes from the floor to the to the ceiling in his in his room. And I will tell you that stream you instantly can tell that it's a backdrop. Like it's like a bad composite, like from the stream because it just doesn't have it. Now the 4k is a little bit better. It's a little bit better, but your trained eye can tell instantly on this giant ass screen. And he doesn't even have like, that's like his screen is not even the bit, like the smallest screen at an AMC, right? Like his screen is like comparable to like one of those like small screening rooms that people are having now. Like, right. It's big, but it's not as big as like, say the smallest 150 seat AMC theater that you could get. Dude, like it was very apparent. So like my big thing about this thing is the volume and like Aquaman or like both Aquaman and Ant-Man are like volume times 20, right? Like they are the entirety of the volume. I'll say this. Aquaman has a lot more sets than you think it does. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. There's not as much underwater stuff as I thought there would be. I think there's actually less in this movie than there was in the first movie. Wow. And I really like the first, like, I continually go back to the the 4K of that because it's so candy buddy. Because it looks so well. It looks so nice. They did such a great job with... It doesn't look real. But right. it looks good. Like, there's a difference between, like, what? Like, reality and, and good, right? Like, well, James well, it's Cameron like looking is, at... Uh, um, like, like those stylized cartoons where you're like... Yes. This doesn't look... Like, it's unnatural and kind of, like... Not off-putting, but just, like, weird. But yeah. also strangely attractive. You know, like the things exactly. like regular show and stuff like that, where it's like, that's just like a weird stylized choice, but I'm digging it. Exactly. Or, or um, like, you know, like Lord of the Rings, when Lord of the Rings first came out, like all of the effects were so handmade and it was a choice, right? They made that a choice. They made like, let's show the seams a little bit. Let's like show like this is miniatures. You know, it's miniatures, but it's done so fucking well. We're going to put it in your face how well it's done. And Aquaman with their CGI did kind of the similar thing, which is, it's like, you know what? We know it's artifice. We, we know that we can never be Cameron's like avatar movies because the, like those movies cost half a billion dollars. Um, <laughs> and, and legitimately film underwater for water. a lot of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so fucking dangerous. <laughs> exactly. Like, like when you have, when you have the, when you have the, the national treasure that is Kate Winslet, doing like diving exercises where she's literally sitting there for like beating Tom Cruise's record of, and like that to me, like we never talked about that when we talked about avatar, how fucking Kate Winslet for a part that amounts to maybe 15 minutes of screen time, at least in this movie, right? The next movie is probably like, she's probably in it like all the time. Right. Because you don't hire, 
like you know yeah. academy award-winning actress kate winslet two like four times nominated you don't hire her to fucking just do a cameo right especially cameron because i mean you know her and cameron are like from everything i've heard her and cameron are super tight like she respects him in a way that like like it, it says something right that leo has never been in anything else in cameron's world right like not even like approaching like he wasn't even on the list for for jake sully right like fucking matt damon was was on that list but not yeah. leo dicaprio that tells me something about that little that that punk ass man that really does yeah um, it, 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 he might be a little different now um but yeah. yeah definitely back then like he might be more into like the especially after the revenant because i, I know mm-hmm. he got really into the but like that role and uh and and the whole side culture of indigenous people well i mean that's why killers of the flower moon was produced was because partially because you know he wanted he wanted that role which initially was not the way that have you heard like okay so do you like i actually read a script like a very early version of the script that they did for killers of the flower moon did i ever tell you that like okay so like i can talk about it now um, the original script that I wrote or that I read, it was actually the Jesse Plemons character was the main character and okay. not the DiCaprio. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why that changed. <laughs> <clears throat> Leo's but like, he, but I like this character. So we're going to yes. make him the main character. <laughs> no, that's exactly what happened was they like him and like, like uh, Eric Roth and uh, Scorsese made this like, like it's a good, it's a good script, but it's very much so a detective story and not yeah. the weird the weird insepid evil um movie like the, this weird like insepid romance movie that that scorsese and um dicaprio ended up making uh, but it was very interesting to see that like it was very standard cop like trying to figure out what's happening very white savior like um in regards to like everything that happens in the in, in the script, it's it's a very interesting read. Um, they changed it for the more interesting and the better, but like like it all goes to like DiCaprio, right? Back to DiCaprio and back to Kate Winslet. Like like you would think that he would hire DiCaprio because he's hired everybody again, right? Like you can almost feel like. Like Stephen Lang's character was meant for Bill Paxton. And the fact that Bill Paxton died is like the only reason why Stephen Lang got that part. Because it's it's written for him. Like it's literally like like you know, Bill Paxton evolving, like, you know, but like going back to the whole thing of like DiCaprio and not being cast, but also Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet's a baller, like, like just a straight up goat like seven minutes underwater, like, like yeah. being able to do, do single takes of seven minutes long and beating Tom. Like, I wonder if Tom Cruise sits there and like boils <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the fact like, that <laughs> I've, got, I've got the next mission impossible movie has to feature an underwater scene. So I can hold yeah. my breath for eight minutes underwater. <laughs> and this like is a single how Tom eight Cruise dies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's like, She's got a fucking Oscar. She's got a Golden Globe. She's got a fucking Tony. She's got everything. And she's got my fucking record. I need to beat this. And they're like, Tom, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe you shouldn't do this. Meanwhile, the crew (laughs) of uh, Aquaman is just like, cool. 
how are they going to make our hair wave? I, we're just going to put like bald caps on you and then CGI your hair in later. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we're still going to spend 150 to $200 million on this. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so, it, it's, it's weird that there wasn't more water stuff in it. Uh, uh-huh. Going back to Aquaman. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's a, it's fun. Like it's a perfectly fun throwaway movie and if the dceu at any point in time were ever truly firing on all cylinders this would be thor the dark world where it's like eh. okay you know like there were parts of it i really enjoyed like it, you know patrick wilson is they literally call out the the thor loki comparison in the movie um Patrick Wilson is doing his best Tom Hiddleston riff. Um, mm. it, it's he's fun. He, he it's just the plot is nonsensical, much like Thor: The Dark World, where it's like Shh. there's so there's this other kingdom and there's this evil. I, I mean, I, I swear to God, when you watch it, you're just gonna be like, literally, it's like they were like. So Thor the Dark World, people like that? Let's do that. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, that was not the Thor movie that people liked. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, it, good grief. <laughs> everybody in the movie deserved better, <laughs> including <laughs> Amber Heard. Like, I know that's weird to say. And it's so weird to come out of that movie and be like, guys, she's not wrong. But... It feels like such a fucking slap in the face to just be like, well, we can't take her out of the end of the movie, but we can take her out of the beginning of the movie. And it makes no sense. To, like, if you couldn't take her out of the whole movie, why the fuck bother? Like, uh, she's that still the fucking hero at the end of the day. Like, you did nothing by taking her out of the movie. Oh, she still fucking got paid. You look like petty assholes by doing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? I mean, like, Hollywood is filled with petty assholes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. That was um, the most amusing thing in the movie to me. I was just like, why did wh- why take her out at all? <laughs> just let her be in the fucking movie. Like, especially because this is the end. Like, this yes, is this it. Is Nobody's going past this. None no. of these characters, as they are in this movie, will exist past this. Why the fuck does it matter? Like, why did you spend all that money? And even better, like, was there a world where this movie gets gets the, the shelving treatment and we get to see Batgirl? Because that's kind of the world I want to live in. Not yeah. that I hated this movie, but, like... There was no bad will for Batgirl. Like, mm-hmm. it also featured Michael Keaton returning yeah. as Batman, which was going to be a big thing <laughs> and yeah. became nothing. Um, you the know, bingo card of 2023 that I didn't want. Michael Keaton's like brief return yeah. and like you know troubling from every aspect, right? Um, oh God, but yeah, like what 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 does what does that world look like? What does that alternate world look like? Where do we get a Batman Beyond? Because fuck, man, 
I will say that this is better than Flash. I don't know if it's better than the Flash. The Flash <laughs> has a lot of good stuff in it. Like I hate to say yeah. that, and but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it doesn't have the highs that the Flash has. Like there's some Supergirl shit in the Flash that's fucking awesome. Yeah, and there's Sasha nothing County. in this movie that's like, holy shit, that was cool. Um, there's one scene when he breaks. Uh, so, I, I mean, you you don't care, and we already said yeah. spoilers. It, it's a nothing spoiler. But, like, he has to break Patrick Wilson out of the prison that he's in. Of course, okay. it's in a desert because he can't be anywhere yeah. near water. And uh, Jason Momoa shows up, beats up the guards. And he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm here to break you out, brother. And he's like, did you bring any water? <laughs> and he goes, like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but I drank it all on the way in. Um, so he's emaciated. Like, they do mm-hmm. the Captain America, like, normal head, super emaciated body <laughs> thing. Um, yes. It actually looks better than it did in Captain America. So I'll give him that. Um, okay. So they're, they're on the run trying to escape this prison. And they they barely make it like to the edge of this desert by the ocean, and Patrick Wilson is like crawling towards the water, and it's just it's kind of like y'all are taking this way too far, but like the 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 guards like get right up on top of him, then this this fucking wave just comes in, covers over him, and then. Buff ass, like, I will fuck you up. Patrick Wilson stands up out of the water. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> like, they took that That's shit serious. Like, I understood the assignment. Here's my oh, Chris man. Evans body. And it's like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> Go, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> God damn. But, like, 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 for all for nothing, right? Like, he's oh, not yeah, going to be for, able to. Well, I mean, Patrick Wilson like got paid. He got in great shape. He got yeah. the buddy around with Jason Momoa, and he got to work with his buddy James Wan. I'm sure it's a win at the end of the day for him. This but is true. Yes, ultimately, it's just like, well, this movie's not going to make any money. This is the death of this version of the DC universe, and none of this fucking matters. But look how fucking good I look. <laughs> Well, I mean, and and here's the thing, like in the two years that that or three years that this fucking movie has been on the shelf for almost four years, I think, like it was started production in 2019, like literally like the like a couple of months after like the big bula of of Aquaman, they started production on this fucking thing. But like, here's the best part is that Patrick Wilson is actually living his best life this year. Or was it last year? Um, his directorial debut within the Insidious world came out, which to which that was an actually really good little horror movie. Like he knew what he was doing, right? Like he learned from James Wan. I mean, because he's been in what I think it's like six different James Wan productions. He's been directed by James Wan one, two, three, four. Almost five times. So, like, this dude knows what he's doing. And I can guarantee you where James Wan goes, Patrick Wilson goes. And I can guarantee you he's probably going to get a second life. His next, his, the the next chapter of his life is being involved with whatever Blumhouse slash 
Atomic Monster, which is a great production company name for James Wan. Like, and I love the logo too. Um, wherever, like, you know, it's like he's going to be fine. Like, everybody in this film is going to be fine, right? Like, well, for might be Amber Heard. <laughs> Amber Heard, but and this is a nice little transition. It's been like okay, so. I'm very complicated. It's very complicated to me about Zack Snyder, right? Like, I like hearing what he has to say. Like, the things that he says are the antecedent of, like, a lot of the Hollywood bullshit, right? Like, the fact that he cast Ray Fisher after all of the brouhaha and all of the bullshit and casts him in a big role in Rebel Moon is something that I deeply, deeply respect, right? Like, I respect the fact that, that, the comedian that was DMing young, young little girls that was in his, that was a focal point in his movie. Yeah. He, it was just like, Oh no, fuck this dude. We're just going to yeah. CGI him out him. Like, Hey, what's she doing? Like, <laughs> let's get her yeah. on a green screen and like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it not only doesn't, it doesn't like not only just like says, okay, we're going to take the extra 25 million that we need and we're going to fucking erase him out because fuck him. But then meaningfully cast Tig Notaro, who is a is is a gay woman as a like like in a role that you absolutely like she fits like a glove but you would ne no other director would do that. Like like I'm just saying that. Like I'm pushing that out there. Like I'm saying Well Ridley stuff, Scott like, did it. Yeah, that's true. Ridley Scott did it, but he did it with an old man. I mean, he he, yeah, he cast yeah, yeah. like like the funniest part about that thing is is that he cast a piece of shit and put him in makeup, an old man makeup, right? <laughs> when he did really it for just, the movie and then cast recast him as an actual old man. <laughs> old man, yeah. Which is like, what, bro? bro what? Why you did this to begin with? <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's all to say, like he's Zack Snyder has said. And has been on record, and I actually believe him. He is one of the few Hollywood people, and he's not even Hollywood anymore. That when he says something, he actually means it. Like he said it with Ray Fisher. I work with Ray Fisher again in a second. He's a genuine talent. When he says, I have no problems with casting Amber Heard, she was a delight. I loved working with her in all of the projects that I've worked with her on. Um, and I will cast her again. Like I believe it. I genuinely believe it. And more so than anything else, like he'll give her a juicy role in whatever, if she decides to come back, if she wants to come back. Right. Um, that's all to say, like everything in theory with, with Zack Snyder is great. Like I really do like Zack Snyder in theory. Yeah. The execution. Execution is, is the thing that is leaving. Like I told, like, so Rebel Moon Part One, like the first, the first thing right off the fucking top, is is that they never Netflix should have never ever released this cut, this PG thirteen cut, because there is the R rated, what three hour cut that they should just released. They I don't understand this. Like, yes. this is not a, a two theater then home video model. That I kind of get. Like, well, the theaters want this trimmed down because they need so many showings i get yeah. that this is netflix why the fuck do you have two different cuts of the movie like yeah exactly just release the cut which to which even now like like it's funny because like Zack snyder came back and like this is the weird part about this this is where 
I'm like, I this is very complicated in weird ways. Like he came out and he actually said he's like, you know what, we were wrong. We were trying to create buzz. Um, I'll uh, release the Snyder cut thing, and it backfired on us. Our bad. We will release. We're going to release the the cut in a couple of like you know in a couple of months, closer towards the part two, and then part two will be the full cut. Will be the actual full cut of whatever whatever part two is. And I'm like thinking to myself, so the first part is just like, are you going to delete that that first release that PG thirteen terrible cut? Because please fucking do, because that thing's fucking like this movie is. Like I, I think I told you, it's it's basically like he uses the Seven Samurai framework, which man, he does fucking follow that thing like a like like a path. He has the kind of like in space Star Wars stuff, but it feels like the greatest hits of his movie filmed them. Like everything, like everything is recycled from all of his previous movies. Like the visual look is very Sucker Punch when Sucker Punch goes into those combat steampunk sci-fi things. Like it's I really very much wanted to love that movie, man. I, I did too. Uh, like like um, rape the movie is not is not good. It's not good in any way, shape, or form. Right? Like the visually, it fucking. If looks you take fantastic. it in pieces outside of the story. Yes, it's extremely interesting and very watchable. Like those little vignettes, but yes. it's the, the it's the like the the connect the connective tissue, the tissue. that is just like <laughs> like exactly I, uh. <laughs> like 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 and that's and that's Rebel Moon. Like literally, he just it's a highlight package. It's like he's put like the town that they're trying to fucking save literally is Sparta. Like I like like literally there are, there are scenes like you remember like how he took the gladiator wheat like the wheat scene the five seconds it's yeah. like, that's the fucking movie I want to make that is the fucking movie and like he uses that fucking thing in three hundred like if you really watch three hundred you go that's everything that he based three hundred off of I mean of course like you know aping um, the aping Sin City. Uh, I mean, from Rodriguez, but never Rodriguez, never getting Rodriguez and, and Miller well, specifically Miller. Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't give him credit. He's a terrible human being. Um, oh yeah, I did say that guys like, look him up fucking fascist. Um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but he took that little moment and creates an entire movie out of it. Like you, we watched 300 and you go, Oh wow. Yeah. He really did take that five second, like little hiccup that, Ridley Scott found and made a movie out of it. Well, like literally everything, like he has moments in Rebel Moon with the, it, like at the small town. That's literally three hundred. Like he literally took the three hundred, uh, like the Sparta, like wheat flowing amber, uh, like amber brownish like town, and basically put it into Rebel Moon. Like I very much feel like he like the shops look almost exactly alike, and I didn't bring out my three hundred Blu-ray to to verify because you know, uh, whatever. Um, but it just like that's the thing is that it just feels like a greatest hits package. Like it doesn't feel like a cohesive narrative, and even when it is, it's so trite and like so recycled. Like literally the first part, <clears throat> the first part is literally Braveheart. Like, you know, like how, like, if you've ever watched Braveheart in the last five years, how weird and rapey it, is, it all is in the first 20 minutes? That's literally the way that Rebel Moon starts off, is very kind of like, 
soldiers coming in, leering at this beautiful, pious, blonde girl in white robes. They try to fucking rape her. And Sophia Butella, um, in an Edgar haircut, if you guys know, if you guys are West Coast guys, like, you'll know what I mean by an Edgar cut, um, comes in with this page boy haircut and starts beating ass, right? And it's just, it doesn't make sense. Like, none of it, like, none of it is like, like, you, you sit there and you go, why? Like, you literally ask, why are we watching this? Why do we even care? Like, what's going on here? Why are we, like, and then there's this, like, added thing of the chosen one, but she's a little girl, and she has powers, and, like, Charlie Hunnam shows up in it, and he's great, right? He's great, but then, like, do you care if I spoil something? Nope. Okay, good. And you can probably see it a mile away, like, you, like, I was sitting there watching this. And I'm like, this motherfucker is going to betray everybody. And guess what? This motherfucker betrays everybody. Um, after having Charlie Hunnam go, you know what? I'm going to play the Irish Han Solo. And you just let him play the Irish Han Solo. And he's so good at playing the big swinging dick that just sits there and goes, I have a big swinging dick. And just kind of leans back and does the thing, right? Like, and you go, yes, him. Like, fucking attached to this dude. Attached to him and make it about, like, make him the whole thing that goes through the through line. No, I'm going to make him a bad guy. And I'm going to keep, I'm going to saddle you with the most boring characters in this goddamn show or in this movie. It's kind of a show because it's going to be six hours after everything is said and done. It's just, and then Ed uh, Ed Skirin shows up and, like, you know, basically plays the same the basically essentially a, a different like a space version of his character in in deadpool like which is really sad because i like him i like what he does but like when you saddle him with bullshit of course you're gonna get bullshit like it's just literally like oh okay huh and he has this weird bone he has this weird bone cane that like is supposed to be like some kind of thing like a death tool and it's just like Okay, and then you cast Anthony Hopkins as K2SO, and nothing happens with him. Like, it's very weird. Like, it's like, and he's the narrator. Like, like Anthony Hopkins is both the narrator and this robot named Jimmy. Like, his name is Jimmy. Come on. Like, Logan, like, I just, I, like, it's very simple to please me with space stuff. Like, literally, it is. Like, I mean, I'm the fucking dude that will die on a sword for David Lynch's Dune. Like, the theatrical cut. And I'll, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll sit there and I'll jump on a sword for fucking uh, Flash Gordon. Um, both of which are not great movies. They're great cinema, but they're not great films. They're not great stories. I mean, you know, they're all set in space. I mean, you know, I mean, hell, even heavy metal, right? Like, I, I love it. It's trash, yeah. but I love it um this it's just inert it's just it doesn't do anything it doesn't bring anything to the table um it doesn't have any sort of excitement it's almost like it really is like i don't like when you watch it you can see like the star wars of it all and why but you also absolutely 150 percent see why when when kathy got this script she went, no, 
we can't make this. She she probably even looked at the list and went, shit, Dave and uh, Dave and the Clone Wars did Seven Samurais better than this multiple times. Jesus. And just threw the script. Like the five pound script. I can only imagine it was five pounds. Because this fucking thing is, I don't know, man. It, it's like, I would suggest everybody watch it for themselves because it's a $250 million like space opera. But just be warned, if you get, find yourself being very upset by it or opening up your phone and watching YouTube videos while the movie is playing and just kind of occasionally looking up, don't say I didn't tell you. Because the worst thing about this movie is that it suffers from the thing that no movie should suffer from, which is being boring. Yeah, I mean, he... The worst thing that ever happened to Zack Snyder is that he became Zack Snyder. Like, yes. If you give this dude a medium budget and an editor and a great second unit, you probably get a good movie, man. Like, or you, isn't it weird that his screenwriter on his first film and arguably his best film, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, is literally the person that is taking over basically his pole position in, at DC in James Gunn? Yeah. Like, it's weird, right? Like, these two guys, like, literally became the flotsam and jetsam or the yin and yang to the comic book universe. One person kind of literally burnt everything down, and the other one literally came in and became the bastion light, so much so that they could not cancel him. Like, they tried to. Internet tried to cancel this motherfucker, but literally, the love for James Gunn was so great that they couldn't do anything but bring him back for Guardians 3. And, like, literally is the highlight. Like, like he is the highlight of 2023 when it comes to like you know superhero like comic book adaptations oh for sure like guardians yeah yeah the (laughs) this year it definitely was the pinnacle of the superhero cinema like there there's not another one Um, no they're like not even close um and like you know and like i said like that's not saying that i don't like i hate Zack snyder like i don't want people thinking that because i'm being well, hard on we should say live I action expect... sorry yes <laughs> yeah yeah no live action that's true. for, for well, anybody right. comes at us with spider-verse <laughs> the spider-verse and teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah um both of which are probably like i mean i'm a spider-verse guy so like it it's like my favorite movie like i can tell everybody it's not probably changing um, 2023, like my favorite movie of 2023 was, uh, was, um, across the spider verse, like it just hands down, like just from top to bottom, it is a perfect film, but that's not either here nor there. We're talking about rebel moon and Zack Snyder. And I just want to say like, the reason why I'm so hard on Zack Snyder is because I know how much of a muscular filmmaker he is and the promise he showed in his first two movies, regardless of what I think of 300 now, because social, because of the internet and film culture has like, but at like, the time it was like a fucking revelation. It was just like, Holy yeah. shit. This is what we, like, we can do this. Like, never mind that, that the like quote based on like, it really happened. Didn't really happen. Like that wasn't mm-hmm. the way it went. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it, it's still just like, it's like 
I'm trying to think of like um, it's very much like a music video. Like yes, music videos used to be so basic, and then like you know, for whatever you think of like Take on Me as a song, yes, that's what I was gonna like, say. You see that video and you're like, holy shit. Like, yes, you can do this in a music video, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. It it was the like I feel like it was the first time where music videos became more forward pushing than than movies. Like it was like the moment where you went, man, that's cinematic in a way that movies haven't been. Like because I mean, it's also like it's in the mid '80s before like there was spectacle. But it was before, like, and it's ironic that this is what, it, it was before the music video director rise where, like, visuals right. became, like, like there was always a component of story in, in, in film, right? Story over visuals. Like, there were very rarely ever people that were visuals over stories. And if they did, they, they just always crumbled. But I feel like music videos, especially the AHA take on me, like, became the thing where it was like you could have visuals overtake story and story be minimized to a point where it almost doesn't matter but there's enough connective tissue like and i know people will say oh well fucking like that was fincher no 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 fincher has always been story over visuals but only by one percent like but he's also such an exacting filmmaker he knows what he wants to see and that's why people always say oh story visuals over story for fincher no 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 you can't you can't tear apart a david fincher film like you literally can't like it, it, there's something solid about like how he creates something but going back to the point like Zack Snyder is the the growing out of aha right like he is like the he is the you can see the through line of all of the years that it took to get to the point to where 300 happens. And it all starts with aha and that visual style, right? Yeah. Where it's like, I'm going to make up a visual style and, and I'm not going to explain it. And you're going to have to figure it out. Like that's what aha did, right? Like it, it's weird because if you watch that, sh that movie that, or that, that video, it tells a story, but it never explains anything to you. Right. And I feel like that's the way that Zack Snyder approached 300, which was, was like, I'm not going to tell you why it looks like this. I'm just going to let you try to figure out and infer why it looks like this. Who gives a shit? Like, it's it's a fucking it's a it, it's cinema, right? Like, that's the way he approached things. It's kind of great. Um, but, but yeah, you know what that movie had? <laughs> not a huge budget. An editor. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and an editor. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. What were you going to say? No, and and uh, somebody like that could tell him no. Yeah, and that's what he had during those times until, I mean, he like that and Watchmen. Like, okay, so his first three films are the films that basically make me feel like the Watchmen theatrical cut. Because it makes decisions, unlike the directors, including all of the shit, the complete version. Like, there's no decisions made in that movie. Like, that, that five-hour cut of, yeah. of Watchmen. There's no fucking decisions made. And that's what bothers me. And I know that people are, we're all here about, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, the most complete version of a director's vision. No, 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 no. 
there's a difference between a vision and just splitting everything on screen and calling it a vision because there's no decisions made in that. Whereas the theatrical cut back in 2009, when I watched that, I liked it a lot because it had decisions, right? It made clear cut decisions on what it was saying. And even at three hours, I never felt like it was incomplete. Like I never felt that that theatrical cut was incomplete. Like the only, like I have that cut and it's on Blu-ray and I'm keeping that because every other cut of that movie is subpar. Like it really is. And um, I don't know, man, like after that, he goes downhill because he doesn't have he doesn't have like a strong like you said, a strong editor or a strong hand, a strong producer, because like, you know, Deborah Snyder is his like his wife is his it is his is his producer. So kind of like Chris Nolan, like with Emma Thompson. But I feel like Nolan like I feel like Nolan still like likes to prohibit himself and give himself challenges, whereas Snyder is just, oh, I'm just gonna do everything. And, yeah. and there's no like, and that's the problem, is that like I feel like there's no decisions made in Rebel Moon. And the ones that are they're good, but they're moments that don't contribute to the whole. Like, I will say this much. There's a scene that I fucking loved in the movie, which is um is the uh, Jenna Malone cameo because she plays an alien space spider that's killing kids. And the reason why she's killing kids is because her entire race has been destroyed and decimated by humans inhabiting her, 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 her planet. And like, I'm going to be honest, Jenna Malone in that role, it's weird, frightening, scary, sexy, really sexy, like spider creature. That's something drawn out of, either a teenager's mind, if you catch my drift, or heavy metal. And the scene that plays out is so weirdly complicated and so thrilling, but it's a section. It's a it's literally a five-minute section. And it's wonderful in that moment. And if that movie, if this movie was this this scene as a whole, we would be having a different story. But it's not, right? Like it, it's not a part of that. Like like, it's just a scene that's disjointedly added into the mix. So, like, I get my cameo, and I'm like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. That's kind of weird. That's kind of great. And then it just goes away, and then we're back to normal. Um, you get Ray Fisher having, like, a weird Braveheart speech to his people, and it's great. And it's great for, like, it's a promo reel for Ray Fisher and say, like, I can do this. I can be a lead. I can, I, I like, I suck the gravity into my center. That's it. That's all that happens. And you know what happens? Like at the end of the movie, he dies. So you don't really get a lot of like or the, the first part of it. Like he sacrifices himself and you're like, what kind of weird bullshit is this? Why are mm -hmm. you doing this? Um, it's all to say, like, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I like, might watch the, the long cut when it comes out. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will to see, just to see if there is connective tissue, but I can tell you right now, the bones that it's, that are there, it's not good. It won't yeah. be good. Like, like, let me, let me just say this, like this movie makes army of the dead look like a true masterpiece. <laughs> like, like I like army of the dead for what it is. You know, it's a three hour slow motion, like 
zombie movie and he made like like there's decisions that are made in that movie right like i like the heist movie the uh, army of thieves better did you know that the guy who stars in it Dieter? i don't know if you have you seen that one the no, i haven't seen thieves? either i haven't seen any of those oh like, okay. i was i was kind of uh, just on the like you know what i i it's gonna be a while before i watch a zack snyder thing again <laughs> Uh, like I still haven't watched his actual version of Justice League, so um, like I just got kind of so like fed up with all of it. Um, yeah, that one. Oh gosh, like let's not even get into that perfect commercial. But, but oh, go ahead. All these people keep like they keep signing up to work with him. Like so, <laughs> it can't be his person. It's just his no. Like he, everybody is set. People needs that somebody I know that to just be like, nah, man, <laughs> like not that. Maybe well, this. <laughs> well, okay, so like everything I've heard about the dude, like everything that I've heard from behind the scenes, like from people that have actually worked with him, um, even in like a very ancillary capacity, he's a lovely human being. Like a lovely human being. He knows your name. He remembers things about you. And it's not like assistants telling you things about him. Like you could tell that he genuinely remembers you and genuinely like loves to interact with people on set. Um, And it's just kind of like, okay, well, I mean, you know, your baser instincts and your power over it just shows like it's like what Spielberg said. He's like, you know, when Jurassic Park, when I was going to make, when I officially signed on to Jurassic Park, like he was like, I was given, like, I was told I was given a blank check both for my salary and for my budget. And he was like, I took the salary and I pushed it aside. And I said, I want, I want first dollar points, but also that makes me responsible. And I said, I have this number in mind for the budget. And they were like, well, you can have all you want. He goes, no, 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 no. Creativity thrives in the constraints of a budget. And he's oh, right. Absolutely. I mean, he, like you he look at, look at, jobs. we talked about this with alien aliens, yep. uh, the, the, the star Wars, the first three star Wars movies, the original three mm-hmm. star Wars movies. Like look what, look what happens when you give, when George Lucas gives himself a blank check, Yep. no oversight and no like real limitations the prequels are what they are like them don't like them but i think we can all agree they're not really great movies like no they're not you know they're kind no. of a mess and, and i don't mean like they're not they aren't what I'm, like when you look at what constitutes a well-made movie not fun not not like brilliant not just a movie well constructed the prequels are not well constructed movies. <laughs> They're really not. They're really not. And so I feel like Snyder has not learned the constraints. Like yeah. I literally want like so I've heard that the next movie he's tackling after they finish this kerfuffle with Rebel Moon part 1 and 2 is that he's going back to the Army of Dead because he has he has ideas about merging army of uh, army of thieves and army of uh, of uh, army of the dead, army of the dead um, together into another into a second uh, into a third movie. Um, the thing I also wanted to mention about army of thieves and the reason why I feel like everybody should watch it is I just recently learned 
that the guy who stars in it, he his name is Dieter in the movie, and he's like this, like like this, like he's like the Mozart of like uh, safe cracking, right? The guy who actually made, like, who had the the role, is actually an actor director in Germany, and Zack Snyder gave him Army of Thieves as a movie, like a bit, like he got like it's a hundred million dollar movie, right? Like gave him the movie and produced it, and basically the guy, the guy who plays Dieter, wrote the script with him, produced it with him, and directed and starred in this fucking movie. After I read that, I had to rewatch this fucking movie again and just like to confirm. This fucking movie is balls out great. Like, if you don't even want, like, you don't have to even watch Army of the Dead. You don't have to go through the three hours of the Army of the Dead, right? You could just watch Army of Thieves, and it's such a great, charming heist movie. Something that I feel like people don't, like, if your name isn't Steven Soderbergh, you probably aren't doing it well. It usually isn't a good movie um, of recent. And this is, like, literally could stand with the Ocean movies as the breezy, charmy charming action-filled like light on its feet heist movie like that's how much i like this movie but it's also compounded by the fact that i was like holy shit this guy directed this too damn um so yeah like there are things to like about Zack snyder but this is not it like this is literally along with sucker punch the reason like all of the baser instincts of Zack snyder that produces something very wrong that yeah. isn't just good like that's just not good i just hope he goes back to smaller more restrictive budgets because i feel like within certain things like i almost want him to do something like a small like what garrett uh like uh what gareth edwards did which is yeah. like with the creator which is like oh I'm going to shoot this on location and then we'll do this. We'll do this VFX, but I want to shoot this in Thailand. I want to have a small crew. I want to make this movie. And he just goes away and he goes on location because when you watch man of steel in the first 20 minutes, like the, the post Russell Crowe awesomeness. Like I love that the first 10 minutes. It's kind of great. It's, Russell pretty, Crow in his it's last, a lot of fun. <laughs> like the, like the last bastion of, thin buff muscular russell crow like gladiator crow like having this moment as like you know going you know what fuck you marlon brando i'm gonna do kyle i'm gonna fucking own it and just doing it like on a dragon like it's baller shit right but then the, after that when you got to see the real world with costner and cabell coming into this whole thing um i really like the way he shoots on location like really likes like it a lot and almost want him to like get away from this set stuff and actually just give me something that you feel is more akin to your heart because it feels like honestly all of this stuff doesn't feel like his heart is in it like i feel like that's the reason why we get what we get yeah. is because i feel like partly he's like digging into like high school notebooks for like mm -hmm. ideas he had then and it's just they're like half formed and like i mean i you know it's actually here's what i wish like and, and not that i don't want him to do his original stuff but mm -hmm. like outside of the dc snyderverse stuff like mm -hmm. he was doing a really good job with adaptations of things so yes. maybe we could give him like, I, okay, hear me out. Okay. We now know that Michael Bay was the wrong person 
to entrust ah. any of this stuff to. Yes. We know that Hasbro desperately wants to get their shit off the ground and form some half-assed cinematic universe. Just give it to Zack Snyder because <laughs> who the fuck is going to make a better Transformers G.I. Joe movie than Zack Snyder? This is like 100% true. 100% true. Um, and honestly, or, anything he does with any of that stuff, it's just like, as long as it's legitimately like I can follow the story, I I wouldn't care. Like, don't make Absolutely. Optimus Prime a bad guy. And, um, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> like, man, yeah. as long as Peter Cohen's well, just, breathing, let him voice Optimus Prime. Don't make him the bad guy. Everything else, go for it, dude. <laughs> or let him, let him, you know what, honestly, let him take on G.I. Joe first. Or, like, yeah. Let yeah. him, let him set the table for G.I. Joe. Or, you know what, like, another great thing would be. Um, I know this is going to sound crazy to people, but so Netflix has a property, a property that Kevin Smith has been writing, and I feel is pretty like his oh, writing Zach's on not is pretty. Man? Yes, Fuck yes, with Alan Richson as Adam He Man. Oh, I'm in a hundred right, right? Like, and like. And, and again, Smith it's a write. property that, like, any fucking thing you do, like, it's already nonsensical and stupid. So yes. anything you do, it's not gonna, it, it, you're not gonna be like, well, this is a weird take on Superman. And so you're like, oh, wow, this is cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, all it has uh, to do is, like, be slightly cohesive. Because the cartoon... And- we're barely cohesive. <laughs> exactly. And then you get Amber Heard to play Tila. And you get... I'm down for it. Fucking, yes. And here's the... Be- like, okay, so like... Man at Arms. Malone is Eva Lynn? Fuck oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then you get... um, You get fucking... What's his name? Um, Fuck. I can't even think of his name now. Because, like, he's always buff now. Um, uh, fuck. Uh, Perry White. Not Perry White. Um, wrong, wrong editor for uh, but Daily Bugle. Jesus, why is my oh, head? Uh, J. Jonah Jameson. You say yes. Who's yeah. J. Jonah's name is? Um, who, who, what's his name? I'm gonna fucking hate myself for not uh, for not knowing it. Oh God, J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, now I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> yes, you know, you've infected me. Um, good <laughs> um, lord. Uh, but yeah, that guy. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Yeah, Simmons. J.K. Simmons as Man at Arms. Like how do you not go? How do you go wrong with that? With that Shit, cast, man. right? <laughs> like, like let him grow out his mustache again, and let him be a uh, man at arms, right? Like, with like, and then that's age appropriate for Tila being being Amber Heard, right? Because J.K. Simmons is in his sixties. Um, I mean, the only thing that I don't know is who do you get to play Skeletor? Like, like, who do you get to play Skeletor? Like, it has to, it, but it can't be a cliche, right? It has to be somebody. Oh, and I he know. He gets who. to work in his CGI, like made yes. up or like you can do this like combination of like CG and real world like location things because like you need some like Eastern European shit for yeah. 
for the the sets, right? Like you need some Game of Thrones style stuff. Oh hell yeah. Um hell yeah. It, um you know who you get for Skeletor? Jerry yeah. Butler. Jerry yeah. Butler. Yeah. Like you you let Gerard Butler become like the ultimate villain, right? So yeah. like from 300 to this, like um you know, and then you get some comedian to play Orko, uh you know, whoever I don't know, somebody English, maybe Simon Pegg, um, maybe Toby Jones. No, 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 no. You go full on, like, uh, you still have him be, like, the cowardice, but you just get Bill Burr to do it. (laughs) Oh, my God, yes, Bill Burr. You know what, actually, Bill Burr So he doesn't have that whiny voice, he's just got the Bill Burr voice. Oh my god, that would be so great. Either, like, but Bill Burr could also be a great man-at-arms, because he's a a ginger, right? Like, like he would be great as as man I mean, at arms. Like that... Ray Fisher, anywhere in there. But like yeah. Ray Fisher as uh, God, I'm drawing a blank on the character's name. It, it's Which basically uh, uh, basically Falcon from <laughs> Oh, the, the, the winged um, guy. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Like, oh that, God, that, I, he, I think he'd fit that role perfectly. I, I mean, yeah, give me Zach. Yeah, give me Zach Snyder's He Man, man. Like right? Zack Snyder's Masters of the Universe. Like fuck, I am all in. Like even if it's batshit bad, I'm just like, nah, man, this is great. <laughs> I love exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then it lets him do like the whole Frank Mazetta thing, right? Yeah. Like it lets him do like 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 you do muscles, sci-fi, fucking... you do sword and sorcery, you get you get. All of your fucking cake, and you get to eat it too. You get to be as batshit as you want to be. You get to, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are He Man like purists out there because I know Kevin Smith encountered some of them, but yeah, like you could fuck with the lore, dude. Like, I like honestly, I, I don't care. Like, mess with the lore. Like, it is what it is. You know, there's been so many iterations and so many attempts, like even the OG Masters of the Universe movie, like it barely has any lore at all to it. Like you don't even know who the fuck these characters are. So like there's no introductions. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that's that's perfect, man. That is so fucking perfect. Like you just it's it's every everything. Oh, man. That's all I want now. That's all I want. He is the perfect person to do that. Right? I mean, he is, like, seriously the perfect person. Like, I... Yeah. Like, um, I just... Like, he... he, And it would bring a sense of fun back to his work, which I feel like you have it in blips. You have it in, like, moments in, in movies, but it's not, like, through and through. Like, I feel like... Like, Zack Snyder, like like he loved a couple of movies to death when he was like a teen right and one of them was conan and i feel like this would itch conan a scratch like like conan in a way that feels like also like like i feel like he's also like a fan of like not just like star wars but like shit like crawl dune like he was like like anything that just basically was weird but visually astute, he was probably a fan of, right? And you just get him to let, 
like he-man is the cinematic rochambeau of like like just like give you you can you can do everything like right like here's my peanut butter here's my chocolate what if we put them together fuck like you know like, you that was telling is. me about watching barbarella yes yeah yes. yeah well, i feel like that's another that's, one that's, that's... oh man <laughs> Um, he was definitely a big Barbarella fan. <laughs> yes, Amber Heard as Barbarella, I feel, I mean, would wash I mean, away everybody's. Yeah, like, like I had no idea, Logan. I had I, no idea that I like my entire <laughs> life I was missing. Like I didn't know I was missing out on on yeah. the awesomeness that is Barbarella. But also, like, I can't really talk about that because that makes me, like, you know, it's, I mean, it's a weird creepazoid kind of thing. Yeah, but... it's, it's like, uh, these are the parts of ourselves that we don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. And then you learn about how they made them. It was like, of course, everybody was fucked up <laughs> making this movie. Like, exactly. <laughs> they were all stoned out of their, coked up out of their minds. <laughs> exactly. Um... um... <laughs> but uh <clears throat> I will say oh um I will say this Zack Snyder I still feel like you're you're out there in the ether you're doing you're you're doing the lord's work it's just you need to find the right lord yeah. um it's just not it and you know it, it's very weird to me that people feel like like people hate on this guy but think about this he was replaced by a man that everybody loved, but then turned out to be a righteous piece of shit. Like, just think about that, guys. When you when you talk about when you talk about Zack Snyder, is that like the person that you thought was great and was going to fix everything? Yeah, Joss turned out. To be yeah, Joss. Fucking... Such a piece <sighs> of shit, an unrepented piece of shit. And you know what? You know what Zack Snyder's crime was? Stepping away because his fucking daughter, and he's probably still reeling from this. His young oh, daughter yeah. committed yeah. Su- committed suicide. Like this is like I feel like this is the also the other thing, the thing that I always kind of constantly like keep on going and going. Like you can do it, Zach. Like I know you can get your head, you can get your head out of whatever dark place it is. And figure it out because like he's still in it. Like you can it's, tell. Like he's working clear, through something. Like our in the last year or so we've been doing this, our I, I feel like maybe it doesn't maybe it comes across as us like bitching about Zack Snyder. And we are kind of like pointing out like, yeah, yeah, you're you're not as good as you think you are sometimes. Yeah. Um, but like our biggest complaint was never actually with Zack Snyder. It was with the fucking movement of the, the yes, the the, the people, the people that were like, "I released the Snyder cut," and, and like in the the uh, you call them the Snyder Bros, um, like that <laughs> yes. whole thing was just like, and for a while he was very much like, kind of basking in it, and was like, "Yeah, look at look at the people backing me," and I think. The closer he got to it, the more he was just like, oh, wait, no, not these people. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. But, <laughs> but, like, it, it, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, he just, you know, he can't, can't seem to, to nail it down anymore. And, like, I, I remember when he stepped away from Justice League and they decided not to, like, 
really honor that, and that felt really yeah. fucked up to me. And no, it did. Like, I was like, I understand it's a business, but, like, this is a dude, like, for better or worse, has put a lot of effort and years and time and, you know, probably some of his own fucking money into trying to build something for you. And the people that he was working with were very, like, loyal to him. Like, they were all with him. And Mm -hmm. then... Not only that, but then you decide his movie wasn't working. So you you try to redo it. You bring in, like, somebody else from another studio. Oh, this guy made The Avengers. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, he directed The Avengers. Uh, but Kevin Feige made The Avengers. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, like, he causes untold fucking damage. To all of you. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like, I don't like to release the Snyder Cut stuff, but, like, honestly, I Warner Brothers kind of fucking owed him that. <laughs> like, <laughs> they really did. They really did. And, like, he- here's the other thing is that, like, when we talk about, like, Joss Whedon. Do, like I don't know if people really understand like the cause co- like he didn't just cause Marvel issues he caused like basically the reason why we 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 have like the reason why DC collapsed is his fault like realistically it, like yeah, the beginning of the end is, is the right end there in Justice League with Ray Fisher with yeah. Amber Heard with Gal Gadot even though like they like even though the Ray Fisher is the only one that went really hard on it, but all of the stories that came out about like how shitty like let's not even talk about like the whole sexual fucking like predator bullshit that that he like he like for twenty years of his fucking career like postulated and stuff. I mean, so much so that like a teenaged girl was not like what. Like when during Buffy, like to tell you how much of a piece of shit Joss Whedon is and you can infer whatever you want was that during during a certain section of Buffy, he was not allowed to be on set without supervision. And he was also not allowed anywhere near a a certain specific teenage star that was on that fucking was 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 they couldn't be in a room alone together alone together. That was the dictum from the studio, from the studio brass. Like, that was the dictum. Like, that tells you how dangerous this shithead was. And, the like, all you have to do is read the Ray Fisher stuff. Believe Ray Fisher. Believe everything he said about that racist piece of shit, that racist sexist, sexual predator. Like, like, believe it. It doesn't mean that you have to hate Buffy. Like, don't hate Buffy. Like, Buffy is a great thing because there were so many people involved with it. Yeah, Firefly. But you don't have to... Yeah, Firefly too. But like, it's easy to, to look at Firefly and be like, oh, Tim Minear and uh, Ben Edlund, man. Lind. Yep. That, whoa. And everything that we've heard, the stories are that, like, 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 like Buffy too. Buffy was Marty Nixon. Like, like, even though it'll never, like... The diehards will never let it be said, but like most of the job that Joss Whedon did during those Buffy arrows was getting great writers and taking credit for it. And, Same and with it Firefly. Sounds, 
it sounds weird to say, but like if the stories from like uh uh Nathan Fillion and mm-hmm. um Alan Tudyk were of the same level of like, oh yeah, my experience with Joss was not great either, then mm-hmm. it would it sounds weird, and maybe, you know, again, coming from a straight white male, it's hard to, yeah, don't listen to me. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, it would be easier to stomach, oh, this guy's just an all-around dickhead to every mm-hmm. fucking body. Like, yeah, doesn't matter who you are, but you talk to the white dudes that he fucking worked with, and they're just like, oh, I never had a problem with Joss. Like, that was not my experience with him at all. And it's just like, well, then clearly he's racist and sexist. Because, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) when it comes to women and minorities, the dude liked to fucking try to throw his weight around like he was king shit. (laughs) Like he was running some kind of fucking, you know, camp. (laughs) Exactly. That's fucked up, man. You know, yes. Uh, and again, like, again, you don't have to you don't have to like, like, throw out your fucking DVDs and Blu-rays of these properties, but just be aware and don't promote him and don't say anything about him. Or when you do call it what it is, he's a piece of shit. Like, it, I, like, I don't know how I can also I can say it. Yeah, it, it's the reason why when we talk about Stanley Kubrick. You can just go like, what a brilliant fucking dude and impossible mm-hmm. to work with. Because, yes, he did, like, go hard. But, it, it like, it wasn't just breaking, like, an actress. Like, it was yeah. everybody he worked with. Like, okay, we're going to do 87 fucking takes until you're just like, Jesus, man, do you have it? Like, what are yeah. we doing? Like, you know, nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, he was like that with everybody. And yeah. so it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't personal. It wasn't racist. It wasn't sexist. But, like, when you're specifically being shitty, uh, you know, yeah. it, it, like, it's really hard to, to fucking stomach any of that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's so, anyway. Um. Uh, we we can move on from that. Uh, yes. Well, I, like, I, and then go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, no I was go gonna ahead. say, like, uh, okay. I was just going to like, I was going to shift the topics and talk about something that I feel like I don't know if you loved, but like we, um, what if has started its run, right? Like yes. the ten day run, ten episodes, and I don't know, like I've watched two. Yeah, and I only managed the, the first two as well. Um, yeah. I, I I'd hoped to watch more. <laughs> I just could not stay <laughs> awake last night. Um, uh, I So, season going back to season one, and we may have talked yes. about this last year, um, I had a hard time getting into season one. Like, it, mm-hmm. I tried to watch it multiple times. Uh, like, tried to approach it from different episodes, not watching it, quote, in order. And I just couldn't get into it. And finally, uh, somebody, I can't remember who, was like, no, 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 no. Like, trust me, stick with it. It might have been Spencer. I was like, okay. So I sat down. I basically forced myself to watch it in two sittings. 
and wound mm. up really, really enjoying it. Though I, I don't love the animation. Still don't love the animation, but mm. I'm really enjoying season two so far. Yes. Um, I, so in a, <laughs> so in a, in a perfect world, we'd actually get these as live action, right? But yeah. this is not a perfect world. Um, and like, you know, uh, considering what they do with these things, like they would just be too cost prohibitive. Like the and first two, like, oh, the fucking cast of the first one would shut production down. Oh yeah, absolutely. 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 It would just, there would be no, <laughs> there would be no, okay. So like, the first one is the one where I'm like, oh man, they they really they really came out swinging because how Nebula became uh, or uh, what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps is kind of an amazing piece of like alt fiction that recontextualized the Nova Corps as Blade Runner style like policing yeah. units. I was just like, holy shit! They were just like, yeah. But we're going to do it like Blade Runner. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, this is amazing. I mean, literally, yes. the only person they don't get back is Glenn Close, right? As Nova Prime. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's the only person. Everybody else is, like, literally from, the, like, I mean, like, I mean, we know Rook is always game, right? Rooker is always game. Another guy who could play Man-at-Arms. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but he'd actually make Man-at-Arms from the South or some shit. Like, he did with Yondu. Like, I always find that, a, a, like, like that's the Rook, right? Like, Rooker, like, since since I heard the commentary track um, from Mallrats, the yeah. legend of Michael Rooker um, is like, like, and I know that that's like a weird, deep seated, like weird pop culture thing that maybe only four of us, including, you know, uh, about like, you know, Henry, uh, <laughs> Michael Henry, a portrait serial killer uh, Rooker. Um, but from that point forward, I've always been a fan. But the bigger thing I feel like is that like the choices that Rooker makes in in the guardians movies is so weird but so perfect and here like and i feel like whenever we see him again as yondu he never misses a beat right nope. like 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 and it's just fuck man it's fucking wild like they, it's wild that they got everybody like they, they everybody that they well, used. i, I, I should also add vengeance i like i didn't yes I, I forgot groups like in it for like five seconds um but like really at this point <laughs> and also like, you know, with the allegations of the last week, like, fuck that oh, guy, yeah. too. <laughs> so. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I, I, like, you know, Fast Family, uh, you know, you, you guys best be fucking <laughs> talking be about real, how he's a piece of shit. Real, real funny when the, the guy that brings home the Fast and Furious saga is The Rock. <laughs> rock. <laughs> the hierarchy. What, what did he used to say? The, the hierarchy, hierarchy of, of the, the DC um, universe is about to change. <laughs> well, you know what? The hierarchy. Of, like, who knew in 2023, 2024, that on our bingo cards would be the hierarchy of the Fast franchise has changed and gone back to The Rock. Like... Now all I want is the Hobbs and Shaw sequel that I was promised because yeah. fuck man that 
that shit was fucking great. I loved that. Like everybody going, we're justice for Han. Fuck that. I don't care. Justice for Han. Telenovela bullshit, bringing him back to life. Like literally, what are they going to do? Are they like, I hope they kill him off in part uh, X part two. I, I hope they kill this motherfucker off I will in like go watch, five minutes. I will go watch it if he dies. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Okay, so the movie ends. I, are you, do you remember me telling you how the movie ends? Yes. The movie yes. ends with Momboa killing him. What if they never... What just if they don't just bring him back? Oh, do my God. Back, they just, That'd be because so great. it's shot, but then they just re-edit it, and they basically go, you know what? We're just going to take... We're taking Dom out of the situation. We're taking everybody out of the situation. Rock, you're going to take over. What do you want to do? Um, because, like, basically... The Rock versus I want to see The Rock versus Alan Richson because Alan Richson it ends up being the bad guy like I was telling you, and I'm you know me like I've become this huge like 2023 again a bingo card that I did not uh, a bingo space that I did not see being, being filled which is like Alan Richson the the rise of Alan Richson for me I mean it was 2022 when I got COVID and I watched um, I watched the first season of Reacher but like it became epic with this year right and. To see those two man pieces of man meat beat each other up, like, and actually it be a true contest, not this whole thing where fucking Vin Diesel, aka Steven Seagal of our era, uh, like, has to like get so butt hurt about the fight that he pushes the Rock out of the movie, uh, out of the movies, and and forces it so that. It's a draw, but it really is, oh, yeah, Dom could take him. No fucking way. No way the Rock, like, in a real fight, The Rock would lose to Vin Diesel, right? Like, like even the characters built up. But anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Um, but it would be baller if they just, the tidal wave that killed him is just the real tidal wave that killed him. Like, that would be, and it would be, like to me, it would be like this whole like it would be perfect for this stupid telenovela style like action series where nobody dies and everybody comes back. Right? You could kill Dom for a, for like five movies and then him like Vin Diesel come back at seventy three. Like I mean, because fucking he's what he's like. I think he's almost sixty now. He's like fifty seven. He's he's fucking old. Like like that's just the that's the wildest part to me is that. Dom has played what 35 to 40 for 20 years. Yeah. Like, or Vin Diesel has, but um, yeah, no, 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 let's, <laughs> we went on back, a weird back, back to what if, um, yes, yeah, that first episode is so fun. Like I could, I could have yeah. taken 90 minutes of this specific like universe, like, oh, and, yeah. and that's been sort of the, the kind of what I've come to really appreciate about the what ifs is not all of them are like, Oh yeah, I want to spend more time in that. But some of them I get to, and I'm like, man, I would love just a 90 minute movie in this specific universe. Like in the first season, the, uh, the, what if uh, they had abducted T'Challa instead of Peter Quill, like Mm -hmm. so good, man. And I'm just like, oh, I want to see this movie. <laughs> yeah, like that one, that one made me made me tear up a little bit yeah, just oh, because yeah. the it's loss, one of his the final performances. Yeah, yeah, Chad, like Chad being like, you want that movie? You want that fucking movie? Like, you want that movie so bad? Like, 
you know, why are people doing AI bullshit with Barbieheimer? Why aren't you fucking, why aren't you really trying hard to give me like the AI generated movie of what if, but a full on movie, right? Like, like, um, that one's great. Um, but yeah, like, and then the second episode, I didn't know what I was expecting, but what I got (laughs) wasn't that, but you know, what is pretty like, you know, it was pretty fucking baller was, is that I want Avengers 1988 now. Like I literally, like I literally want that. Like give me the de-aged Michael, um, Michael Douglas as the father figure that, that, Everybody should have, right? And that's another like, one where, like, literally, every, almost everybody is back in there to play. Like, yes. it's so great, you know? No, I, it really is. Like, and like the the best part of that one is like they like they continue the Thor comedy, but very lightly. Like, I don't know who the fuck wrote this one, but like having Thor come in for the pop, like the comedic pop is kind of great because it's like it's not stupid it's very in character like it's very kind of like what you would think what would happen if hemsworth in that era came to earth like seeking vengeance right like it's very like avengers uh like the first avengers movie right like a very kind of like but with the added comedy when they figured out oh it can be funny with hemsworth um it's kind of brilliant, like to do that, right? Um, or even Sebastian Stan bringing Sebastian, like bringing the Winter Soldier in and giving K- Ghost Cap the the win for Bucky. So, like, so the this episode, I, I wanted to look it up. This episode is actually written by Matthew Chauncey. So, who is a, these? Uh, he's like a story editor on the whole series. Uh, he's done a, a lot of work for Marvel, including like some skip, script doctoring stuff. Um, but specifically in season one, he wrote uh, the episode we just talked about. What if T'Challa became the Star Lord? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, he wrote a couple of other episodes. He wrote oh, wow. the Zombies episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote the uh, Killmonger Rescues Tony Stark episode. Um, and he wrote the What If Ultron 1 episode. Um, which I, I think all of those are fairly solid episodes. Yeah, they are. They really are. Um, this one, what I like is the kicker of um, Marvel, Like, give, giving us stuff like Wendy Lawson, right? Yeah. Um, which is really kind of awesome giving us young hope van dyne and giving us like the the emblem version of of like hope and uh, like the early era like hope and hank kind of thing and giving michael douglas like who would have been at the time like like let's say they actually were able to make this fucking movie right like and, and michael keaton was a part of it right along with uh john slattery and kurt russell um, you'd have to recast everything, but Michael Douglas in this era is literally like naughty boy, like yeah, Michael Douglas. Yeah. He's, I mean, literally, you can't, I can't think of anything else other to call him naughty boy because, uh, like you know, he was the he was the he was the husband that cheated on on his wife, like he got away with it, you know, and killed and killed a woman together, like that was the dude. He, he was fucking Wall Street, and to give him the, like, I would have loved to have seen like. 
my little brain at 10 years old, if this had been a movie, would have fucking snapped because it was like Mikey Douglas was the guy I couldn't watch his movies. Like when I was a kid, my mom and my dad were like, well, you can't watch any of these movies. He's like, fuck you, the deuce you say. And, you know, gotta love VHS and timers and HBO or Cinemax because you sure shit better believe that I watched all of those fucking movies. <laughs> um but it's like it's crazy, right? Like to actually like because your brain starts to think about these things. Like, like at least for me, like these these, especially when they go in the past, it's like they are giving us exact okay. So my thing is is like like last the the last season and this season, I mean, they really truly are what ifs, right? Like we've we talked about that. Like, you know how like what ifs were like kind of like annuals that came in and they always did something that you wish that you could see like you know it was the conversation right and this is the same fucking thing like i love that it's the conversation of like you know what when i was a kid or why can't they do this or that's a great idea and it's like these are more like for me these are more conversation starters that are wonderful to have the conversation about than than as much as they are like pieces of fiction that i love and i love them but i feel like i love them more because they because they take the time and money and resources and creatives and they really go 100 percent on these i mean taika waititi didn't have to show up but he does yeah. as court he absolutely does as court i mean shit seth green and jude law don't have to show up right like Jude Law doesn't have to show. I mean, he literally is in five seconds. It's Jude fucking Law. Jude the Holiday Law. This guy is like, you know, I mean, we all know what the, the thing was. The contract was probably like for five films. And they were like, hey, we'll get you out of these things if you do our what if animated stuff. And then you come so back for Secret like, Wars. You're like half a credit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I bet you anything. They give him a full credit. And, uh, like, yeah, they I, might. Yeah. Like, but I mean, like having Seth Green being able to play Howard the Duck in a full scene and not just a cameo, like that's kind of great. Like, and that's Howard, Howard the Duck as like kind of Rick from Casablanca ish kind of yes. thing. Like it's so fun, man. And like that's I I think that's what a lot of like I I couldn't what the I can't remember what the first episode of What If. Was it Cat? Was it Captain Carter? Was that the first yes, one? Yes, it was. Okay, so yeah, I did like that episode from mm -hmm. season one. I guess it was like I, I think the zombies was actually the first one I tried to watch, and I was like, mm, oh, don't like you this. didn't go in order. Okay, okay, yeah, because I went in order. Like I went <laughs> in the way that, they, and it, and if you really like, if it, it's interesting because, like, sometimes shorts are like you know you just watch them in in whatever order you want, but these I feel are definitely things that you need to watch in order because they all build to yeah. the second, like the end with, with the, the breaking of the timeline um, to which I'm actually very interested to see where this goes. I haven't looked up anything. I don't like looking up spoilers. I'm very interested to see where this goes with multiverses and timelines. And especially what we know, like the question becomes, did they know about the Lokiness of it all? With this, because they kind of have to, right? Because they're all tied together. It's This is canon. Like, this is canon in a way that it's quote-unquote canon because of the multiverse, right? Like, that's the whole purpose of the what-if. 
but how much is it that right and i don't want to look uh but um it's fun it's fun in a weird in, in in the way that i like that i loved what ifs when i was a kid right like they were the twilight zones of marvel and you always like the weird part is is that I think that's something you you kind of like nailed on when we talked about the first season, which is, is like the Twilight Zone, it never ends good. Like the what ifs always end terribly, right? Um, to which it's interesting now because in season two, both of these both of these episodes don't end terribly, right? Like they all end with a semi happy ending, uh, which yeah, is funny. And we should say the the second episode is what if Peter Quill attacked earth i think is that that's attacked the earth's mightiest heroes yeah and we just <laughs> like uh, avenger pre-avengers avengers team up um uh, that that's just so much it, it's the it's just the kind of thing like you were saying that as a kid you were like oh or, you know if we'd been watching ant-man when we were 13 would have been like, Oh, what would the Avengers have been like in the eighties when, uh, when he was Ant-Man and would it have been this and this and this and this? Like, it's just, it's so fun. And I, I really didn't see the, the story kind of going where it was going. Um, yeah. The, the showdown between Peter and his father, like was really, I thought really well done. Well, yeah. Even the moment, like the, like my favorite moment is is with is before that right where where Hank is talking to Peter and you have the you have the whole tension of Bucky with the with the gun and everything that's happening on those levels is like exactly what you want from an Avengers style movie because it's like it's the emotion it's the tension it's the bringing multiple layers of characters into it but at the end, it all all that it matters is that Hank is being a father to a kid. Like it's a very emblem. Like what I love about it is that it takes like it takes the the, the style of the era and uses it right. Like in that era in '88, we were we were headlong into in movies. We were headlong into the emblem era, right? Harry and the Hendersons. Um, Batteries not included, Goonies, um, Gremlins. Like these are all movies that came out within like a, like a, a three year span, right? If you watch this, it's a fucking emblem movie. Like they literally did, like because that's isn't that what Marvel does? Is take the best of what currently is going on in pop culture, retranslates it, reconfigures it, transmutes it into MCU, yeah. right? Like. Like, like Captain America, like I t- I'll take the Winter Soldier as an example. The Winter Soldier is a spy movie, but done through the MCU lens. So it takes everything that the Craig spy of the Craig Bonds were, everything that Jason Bourne was, and a little bit of like Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy and like all of those intelligent spy movies, wraps it up and spits it out as like the ultimate spy movie. It's why it's probably one of my favorite movies of the last 20 years. Because it does all that. This does that too. And it gives us Hank as the emblem hero, right? Which is so fucking weird, but it fucking plays. And it's it's kind of a bit of brilliance, right? And I don't know, man, like I really love it. Like 
I can't wait to get to. I really should have watched it on Christmas, like it was produced, which is what oh, if yeah. Happy Hogan <laughs> saves Christmas, <laughs> um, which is so fucking awesome that he's gonna like. It's a diehard. It's a diehard rip, right? Yeah. Um, at Christmas, and everybody that I see that's um, that's a part of it is like, I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna be great. Like, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be really fun. Um, so yeah. Um, I can't even like, I really like what they're doing with it. It's fun. Right. And I don't know. I, I know this is going to sound weird, but I feel like I haven't had fun with Marvel in a long time. Yeah. It's been quite a while. Like um, even, even, even guardians guardians is it's a heavy guardians movie. is great, but I fun yeah. parts of it fun. All of it. No, it, it's a heavy movie. Like yeah. there are, there are certainly moments of levity. But it, I, it's not what I would call like fun. Like no. it can be fun, but like it's like when you get to the meat of it, it's and uh, there, there's some like true meat here. Like I, I was saying, like Peter and his father, and yeah. then some stuff in the first one just about how fucked the system can be. But it is really about them like having fun with the scenarios, um, and the the it's like it's like. Somebody serves you. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, okay, uh, crab rangoons. Oh, okay. So if you've ever yeah. had crab rangoon, you know that like there's not really any crab in it. It's like very <laughs> little bit. It's like yes. fry bread and like cream cheese and like a little bit of crab. So you're yes. like, this shit is delicious. And there's like a little bit of meat in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough crab meat to make you taste it, right? Like that's exactly what it is. Like it has just enough meat on the bone, but it's all fluffy and lighter than air. And so you're like, just like, oh, this shit is de delicious. Oh, wait, there's a little bit of meat here. I don't care. It's delicious. Like it's yeah. like fucking dessert, but it's a meal. Like it, it's, huh. and that's what these first two episodes definitely were. And yeah. Like I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm excited to sit down and watch the rest of them. I've specifically been like, it would, it would have been easy for me to put them on and mm -hmm. just do other things. But like, I, I had so much fun after the first one. I was like, no, 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 no. I've specifically have to like carve out the time. So I'm not going to be distracted because I want to watch these. Whereas like, I just finished, uh, very briefly gen v and mm -hmm. basically that's what i wound up doing with gen v was like okay i can like watch the first few minutes check in in the middle watch the end but like clean the house while i'm doing it um <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that patrick schwarzenegger is not the schwarzenegger that we thought he was going to be um <laughs> he's not compulsively watchable <laughs> no i i mean i don't think so. and like he's really not uh he's not the star of the show either so yeah that's true that's very true i've i've heard that um the the last few episodes have some extremely fun cameos in them mm -hmm. uh from people that are actually in the boys and yeah. that was fun but like overall it just feel feels like uh, i don't know like something they could have done in a 90 minute movie and not six or eight episodes of a tv show like yeah it 
it's more cohesive than like Titans was because mm-hmm. Titans can be a little bit of a mess, but it's still it's not as fun as Titans was to me. Okay, no, that makes sense. That that makes sense. Like, like so the what I said was applicable. Like we we texted about it, and I was like, so what you're basically saying is is that it's not the Better Call Saul to Breaking Bad. Like Gen V is not Better Call Saul to no. uh, the boys Breaking Bad. Like the boys still remains both fucking both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Right. Um, you know which. To which I I figured because like let's be honest like the boys is something very special and unless you have years and years and years to write Gen V and really kind of produce it in the way like Eric Kripke like we know he's a baller we know that he I mean what twenty like eight nineteen seasons of fucking Supernatural yeah um so much so that like. Like, like that show had been around so long that, like, you know, uh, Jared Pacadelli and Jensen Eccles went from, like, you know, not knowing each other to best friends to not knowing each other to hating each other to being best friends again to not knowing each other and being uh, and hating each other. Like, that's how long that shit has been going on. They also right? went from teen heartthrobs to fucking... Oh. Old people men. in there, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, what? Like, what? What? People who like teen heartthrobs would be like, um, those guys are old. <laughs> yeah, like they're still cute, but they're old. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but he learned how to make a show. And also, the bigger thing was was that he kind of learned that you can't stray from the the main. You have to stay in the main, right? Like when you branch off, aka like. I've been thinking a lot about Chris Carter recently because it's like, first, where the fuck is he? Why is he redoing? Why is he redoing X Files again? Why aren't we getting other things? Maybe reboot. I don't know. Maybe reboot Millennium, one of your best shows, right? But the thing was, was that X Files always suffered when he went off and did random tangent things, right? Like that VR video game thing, Millennium. When he wasn't, when he wasn't going back it felt like it suffered a little bit except for when gillian was writing his one-off episodes um but i feel like maybe kripke is the same way is that if you divide his attention away from something something's going to suffer and thankfully it's not the boys i hope to god it isn't the boys because this season is the season where he was making gen v at the same time he was making the boys so we're gonna see this is the test right um which has me worried like you telling me that the quality isn't up to snuff means I, either a both are suffering. It looks or great. One, the yeah. acting is fine. Like it's ultimately, I just didn't give a shit. That's the problem. Well, it, th- then it's the stories because, like, there's something amiss. There's something off, right? Because to me, the thing that like the thing that separates the boy from the boys from everything else is you. You have a great 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 not just concept but the way that it was executed in the comic books is brilliant and you bring that over right you bring the the drunken uh the the judge drunken scotsman of it all right you bring it with you um you bring the dirtiness with you but from everything that you've been telling me it feels like that's still there but they revel in it yeah and they don't learn yeah it's like how how dirty can we get 
and that's a little i i just i wanted some more (laughs) it it, there's there's not enough meat on this bone like it's it's Ah. really just like it's all it's not even cake it's just like kind of just empty and vacuous yeah 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 it's it's just like it's too sugary there's nothing nothing there yeah Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just fucking air, like uh, you know, and a lot of it's kind of just glorified porn. So, uh, uh, which is, for, I know, makes me sound prudish, but this is like, I, you know, I get it, like that sex sells, but like you got yeah. a Game of Thrones, and it's like, yes, yeah, sex sells, but like there's other stuff here too. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. No, no, no. You're absolutely um, right, and um, you know. Uh, Unfortunate, very unfortunate. Um, uh, which means that I probably will not be watching that because I've got too much shit to watch, man. I and, really and do. Unless something specific from this show mm-hmm. becomes part of the boys, I don't see where there's a reason to really watch it. Like it might get better in season two. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably watch season two. Um, okay. But uh, you know, at some point, it took me a while to get to season one. Uh, and it was only like eight episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's unless it specifically starts crossing over, it's, you know, kind of a fear of the walking dead to the walking dead uh, oh. to make lesser comparisons. Um, okay. But uh, you watched uh, the holdovers. Yes, I did. Yes, I One did. Of the um, movies I, I want, desperately want to see. Uh, well, probably not before the end of the year, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I did. I will, I will say this. Um, it, it is exactly, it, it is everything that people, um, have said it is. And then some, um, it's a great movie. It's, I feel like what makes it great is the unexpectedness of how it twists and turns and it's not just like the concept and the conceit is basically this teacher um, is forced into a situation where he has to watch the holdovers, which is which is a term that they use for kids that are at prep schools that don't go home. So they're stuck for Christmas break, summer break, whatever it is at the school. And so they have to have people there to watch over them. And Paul Giamatti plays this like as you expect a gruff and like you know a uh, very cynical and jaded um English, uh, history teacher that's saddled with these kids um that's just the leaping off point this is like first off welcome back alexander payne to the things that i love about you like yeah, I was going to say, he hasn't done anything for a while, but that's not true. <laughs> no, that is not true, but I've not liked anything that he's done. I will be very honest. I've not liked anything that he's done since, I think, sideways? Uh, sideways, yeah. I did not like The Descendants. It was it was okay in sections. Um, I Oh, no, 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 that's not true. Uh, did did about Schmidt or sideways? No, no, no. Sideways. About Schmidt was so, before sideways. For right? yes, it was. Okay. So his first four movies, like Zack Snyder, are, are brilliant. Citizen Ruth, Election, About Schmidt, Sideways, brilliant. Descendants, well, it's kind of rich people, rich problems, bullshit. Um, 
Nebraska is actually kind of a small little piece of cynical jaded perfection, but very sad. Yeah. Downsizing makes the, no it's sense. The performances like Bruce Dern and yep. Will Forte. Uh, I mean, Ooh, Bob yeah, Odenkirk's that, in there too. Stacy yep. Keach, like it's it's such a yeah, but it is not a fucking fun movie to watch. No, it's not because it's about a like it's literally about a, a an old man dying basically. Um, you know, and yeah, like like I mean, June Squibb is in it. Uh, I mean, like there are all these people. It's shot in black and white. It's it's a small, brilliant piece of of like Americana that I feel like he does very well. And but the holdovers feels like going back to like sideways and election where it's like like what I've always felt about Alexander Payne is is that he's the Midwest's answer to Billy Wilder. He knows yeah. he he uses cynicism in a very perfect weaponized way, but it's always humanity, right? Like that's what his thing is about, like humanity. And that's what it is. The holdovers is just like, I think that Spencer had said it's a warm hug uh, of a movie. I don't think that it is. Like, I think that it's close to it. It's, it's too cynical to be a warm hug. So maybe it's a, it's a hug in the middle of winter, right? Like you don't get anything out of it. Like physically you're not warm, but emotionally you feel good. Right. Because there's certain things that happen in the movie that you go, that's a fucking Alexander Payne movie. That's why it is the way that it is. But there's this liveliness in it. There's this like, like the kids. Okay. So like big thing about me is I fucking hate high school movies. Why? Because they don't really accurately portray kids the way they are. Because yeah, oftentimes, are <laughs> yeah. Well, and also because oftentimes, okay, like let, let's be honest here. Oftentimes it's written by, by people that are in their 20s or 30s that want these kids to like them, right? Mm -hmm. There's no respect there. So all it is is a bunch of fucking stupid fucking kids being likable. Like, Edge of 17, that's a real fucking movie about a real fucking kid. I fucking hated her in that entire movie. But you know what? It's accurate because that's what it is supposed to be, right? Um, like, this is somewhere between, like, this is kind of like Dazed and Confused and Scent of a Woman, kids. Like, like I feel like the most brilliant part of Scent of a Woman is the kid performances, right? Because... They're assholes. They're greasy little shits that you just want to smack. And then, like, Dazed and Confused understands the optics of what it was like to be a teenager, what it was really like, and letting kids be kids. And the holdovers, fuck, man, that that's what it does. Like, it lets these kids be kids, but never, never, never doesn't shy away from... These fucking kids are idiots. Kids are idiots. They're stupid. They need guidance. They need figures that are adults that tell them no what you're doing is psychotic don't do that don't do that like there's a moment and you've seen it in the trailer but there's a context there's an emotional context to the to the moment it's the it's the kid jumping in the gym that's like an exclamation point to a build-up but it's a perfect build-up and when you watch the scene you know it's kind of funny in in the the trailer it is drop dead hilarious. You laugh really hard, but at the same time you cringe because of what happens to the kid. 
Um, and there's a payoff to it. But it's all to say that I'm going to say, like, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's probably top three to top five, depending on how I feel on the day. Um, but it's because it's Alexander Payne going back to basics. It's what I want Zack Snyder to do, right? Go back to what makes you great, right? What makes you great isn't like the whole, like, I can't, I, I think about downsizing, right? And how downsizing did nothing for me. Did absolutely nothing. I, I never saw it, but like, it was one of those movies where I looked like looking at just the cast and kind of on paper, it's like, oh, well, this should work. It should be pretty good. But then like, I saw the trailer and started hearing people talk about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is like, this is not going to be good. It's, it's not, but it is, but it's not like, like okay, so like I, I like I'm not gonna get into that one, but I feel like it was necessary. It feels like it was absolutely necessary because it's everything that you don't want Alexander Payne to do: special effects, yep. big budget, yep. um, working with superstars. Like whenever he like he, when he worked with George Clooney, everything but Clooney worked. And downsizing when he works with Damon, everything works but Damon. Like it's different when he works with with jack nicholson in about schmidt right because nicholson is from the 70s and i feel like there's a world where alexander payne is born 25 to 30 years before he was born and in the 70s he becomes like a hal ashby figure a legendary figure that makes truly like if all of those movies come out in the 70s ruth election citizen ruth election about schmidt and sideways all come out in the 70s they are all drop dead classics, and we're talking about Alexander Payne in the same breath as Scorsese, fucking Coppola, because they're they're from an era, and that's what the holdovers feels like. It feels like it's from an era. It's from an era where character was over, was was looming over larger than plot, and the need for people to be likable, because likability is a fucking subjective thing right and so yeah. like when you start trying to make people likable you end up making well, that's them why about schmidt works is because you have a guy who's in for all nicholson's faults he's definitely always been an actor who's willing to like go like neck deep into being a truly unlikable character like yes i mean scorsese has that story of uh on the set, uh, well, actually, Damon tells the story of being yeah. on set filming, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the Departed. Yeah, The, the Departed. Departed. And, mm -hmm. like, the the scene where he executes the woman, mm -hmm. and he's just like, what if I do this? What? And, like, he just keeps making it worse. Yeah. Like, making it more of a shitty move. <laughs> and, like, you can Google it. But, like, and he's just like, what the, f like, you know, the levels he'll go to to be like, oh, I'm playing a, a unlikable bad guy. How unlikable and bad can I make this character? Not just like, oh, he's executing a woman. Oh, he's going to, like, basically be as dismissive as possible while he does it, <laughs> you know? Yes. It, it, it's, no, absolutely. It's crazy. And Nicholson is a guy that will 
do will do that. I mean, he doesn't mm-hmm. do much these days, but you know, Except and for watch watch Laker games. <laughs> yeah, and and so yeah, it's it, that's why about Schmidt works is like if you get another older actor, like I I think maybe even Pacino can't. Like Pacino's not down for really doing that, you know. He wants yeah. he wants to be Pacino. He doesn't be some scuzzy piece of shit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I I was uh, like like most of y'all. Like I came around to the Alexander Payne thing. I was like, oh, this guy's doing really interesting things. I didn't love him the way a lot of people did, but mm-hmm. like I was like, I really he's really doing interesting things. And then like. The, the Clooney one, definitely, I was just like, eh, I watched it. I don't even know if I made it all the way through it. And then everybody wouldn't shut up about uh, the one we just talked Nebraska. about. The, yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska. So it's like, I got to see it. And I, that was just like, I'll, I can never watch this again. It's great, but I can never watch this again. Yeah. And then d- downsizing, I, I was just like, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to go back for this. But now, like, a Paul Giamatti and B like the fact that he's not working yeah. with like not that Paul Giamatti's not a big name he's great but he's not working with superstars like you said so it, it makes me really really like I want to say and you said it's on Peacock now right yes it, it, yeah. it was on Peacock I got sent a like I got an offer from a PR firm to to review the Blu-ray which I did it's on the site you can read it um you can read about my my effusive praise for it and the disc because like the transfer is beautiful like so like the 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 w- most wonderful thing about this movie is that it looks like it's shot with 16 millimeter um so much so that the, the, the opening is great because it has like like logos do you remember how like so logan do you remember like back in the day when we used to watch movies um even on vhs where the logos would come up and they were all crackly and poppy and they yep. had scratches on them he does that with these logos but he also makes them 70s era because the movie takes place in the 70s so like the universal logo is the it is 70s he creates his own focus features like 70s era like thing and it all has crackling and popping it has the mpaa logo at the beginning before it begins it's kind of great it sets up this thing of like okay well you know like you liked um you you, you liked uh like the the movie i feel like that it has most in common with other than maybe dazed and confused in sense of a woman which i know sounds like a weird comp uh but it's like the style of the kids but the the one that it has the most kind of like touch of is like um hal ashby and um oh god damn it what's the um not henry and june <laughs> henry and june is way different um uh the fucking movie that everybody loves um that i'm only uh harold and maude it feels like like a combination of like Harold and Mott and The Last Detail, if you've ever watched The Last Detail, um, which is kind of ironic because it's like I've heard that both those movies are Alexander Payne's, some of his favorite movies, which makes sense when you if you've seen either one of those. Um, but it has that kind of docudrama realism that things are happening but not in the way that you would ever expect them in a movie more like what the way that they happen in real life, the weirdness of weird real life. And it just, man, it's just a really, really like, it's like, welcome back Alexander Payne. Like really like if, 
if Giamatti, I know everybody's talking about other people and shit, but if Giamatti doesn't like at least get nominated for best actor, there's something seriously going wrong here because like, that's the kind of brilliance that Giamatti brings to the movie. Like, it's like Giamatti's good in things, but this is like, this is like Giamatti in sideways. This is Giamatti in, uh, as Har Harvey P car. Like, that's the level of performance that we're talking about here. Um, you know, and he's front and center, right? American Splendor, uh, like, which are two of my favorite, like, you know, Giamatti yeah. movies along with, yeah. I love, I love Kenny the pig vomit Rushton from Private Parts. Like, he's yeah. the best part of Private Parts. WNBC. Um, but, yeah, I mean, go see it, guys. You guys will not be disappointed, especially if you like, like, if you like good, like, film with capital F. That's what this is, but it's just playful enough to not feel like it. Like, you know, it's the, it's the like spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. Um, which I know sounds weird, but trust me on this. Like, it's a lot more fun than you guys will like than you guys expected. Uh, than you will expect just because it's awards fodder doesn't mean it's not good and it's not fun and it's not like the kind of movie that you would want and it takes place during the christmas time the christmas season it's not just a christmas movie because it takes over winter break you can watch it anytime and it'll be kind of like invoke that that kind of feeling uh so so yeah i definitely recommend yeah. it i i hope that you are able to i i want to curb the the conversation at this point just because if you when you do see it, I know that you'll want to have a conversation about it and we can kind of get more into the spoiler territory because I'm I'm holding back on a lot of stuff that's really great because it would ruin the movie for anybody. And you know, we ruin stuff. But if we're if both of us haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin the experience. Yeah, I yeah, I'm going to try to catch up with it uh, this mm -hmm. weekend. Um, OK, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about all I have. Um, yep. So go check out everything else we're doing, which is not much because we're mostly <laughs> on break. Elizabeth just had her baby. It's Christmas, New Year's season, like, you know, family stuff going on. So uh, Adam and I don't have kids, so we have a lot more free yes. time than everybody else. <laughs> we definitely do. We definitely do. Um, um, but yeah, xwingfiles.com. Uh, there'll be a... At some point, uh, there will be a full-on, like, what-if episode on Marvel Fanfare there. Uh, I don't know when that'll be. Um, but, because uh, I'm I'm kind of just taking my time with it. So, because I want to give them all their due. So, um, and you can also check out my writing over at Adam's site. Yes. Um, over the Christmas break, we uh, posted uh, the Lilo and Stitch um, article uh, for Moving Pictures. I just got the newest. Um, uh, I just got the newest one. Um, I'm not. I'm because it's not posting for a couple weeks. I'm gonna. I'm gonna move away from it. But it is definitely a not. It's about a very a very little seen gem of a movie. Um, and I will leave it at that. And other than to say that something akin to the Hustler or the Color of Money. And if you know. You'll probably instantly pick up of what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, there's that that's going to be coming out. Um, I'm actually posting a bunch of stuff right now just because the end of the year. So I'm trying to get like a lot of stuff out. So like the last like four or five days, I like there's a ton of reviews, including the holdovers. Um, I've got the Billy uh, Billy Crystal, Gregory Hines classic. I Running saw that. Scared. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
Michael fucking McDonald. Um, if you know that name, you either know 40 year old virgin or you were born in the late seventies and you had dads <laughs> that were born in, that were born yep. in the fifties and love that motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I will not do my impersonation of Michael McDonald singing songs because it actually sounds like Eddie Vedder um, because he was the first Eddie Vedder. Um, then you've got Suspect Zero, um, which is a very weird Ben Kingsley movie that I've forgotten about and I got a copy of and watched it. It was interesting to say the least. Um, but there's a lot of stuff out there. I'm going to be posting all through the through the new year some some stuff, and then I'll get my uh, top ten list out there soon. Uh, they're going to be more like all the writers are going to be posting their top tens. Uh, that I, I don't know. If I saw ten movies last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if you wanted to do what you did last year, which is just like actually just talk about. Um, the movies that you did see, which is always like that was a lot of fun to like, like have you um, do that. So, but we can talk about that offline. Um, but all to say, show, even though, even though we may not be like this season may be shutting down, like my, the site, the movie all is cooking with gas. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to 2024. Uh, uh, yes. New Year, same us. That's uh, that's the promise. <laughs> um, so yeah, right. we'll see you guys next year. Yes, talk to you guys soon. Number two comics, number three Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, number four Mario, number five Weird Al, number six Batman, number seven Cal, number eight Simpsons, number nine TV, number ten every single band that I stole all their MP3s, but before they all sold out, see it all together. You with me now. Words ruin everything.